Well, it's good to be in the house of God tonight. I, I actually have tried to preach a couple of times, but the glory of God has come, and I'm happily taking a seat while we all worship God. So I was partly hoping that that would continue to happen tonight. So I, no, um, I am, I'm really, really, really excited to talk about Jesus and God as being a redeemer tonight. And before we jump in, I just want to set kind of the stage that God is a redeemer and we can see this from the beginning of time until right now, and we find ourselves in the most glorious redemptive story known to man. And I can stand up here telling you that I have experienced Jesus as a redeemer in remarkable ways, remarkable ways. And I'm still standing in things that I'm believing that he's going to redeem. And I hope that tonight that every heart in here is touched by Jesus and touched with the hope that he will redeem all things. And this morning when I got my son up, we were praying and reading the Bible and I said, Lige, he's two. I get to talk about Jesus being the redeemer tonight. And he said, come on, yes, God. And that's actually how I feel tonight is come on, yes, God. And so I wanna just, I wanna, um, <laughs> Yeah. The other day I was making dinner and he was by my leg and I said, I really liked it when you said, come on. Yes. Yes, God. And, and he looked at me and he goes, fire of God. <laughs> and I, he hasn't heard me say that even though I do want the fire of God. And I was like, would you pray for me, please? <laughs> so he's even redeeming young lives to just be radical for him. And I'm, I'm praying that we that the Lord will demonstrate, demonstrate as we proclaim his nature. And so, man, are you guys ready? All right, let's turn to Acts 3, and I'm going to pray. I thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. I thank you that we don't have to do this life alone, Lord. I thank you that you've come to make yourself known in deeper ways tonight. And I ask that you take us on a journey into the depths of your goodness, into the depths of your heart, that you would show us the face of Jesus. Would you glorify your name in this place tonight, Lord? We just corporately lean in, Lord. We lean into your goodness, Lord. And I ask that you would come and mark us, mark us with the reality that you desire it for, for it to be here as it is in heaven. And I ask that you would liberate us, Lord, liberate us to think the way you do, Lord, to see the way that you do. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and confirm your word? Would you come and perform? form your word. Holy Spirit, would you come and continue breathing on the momentum that we're experiencing in this place as a house? Would you come, Lord? You came a few weeks ago as, as making us a house of prayer, and you've been, you've been ushering us into a season of consecration, Lord, and I pray right now that you would continue to do it. Continue your work. Continue your work in this house, Lord. We've come to meet with you. We've come to be transformed into your image, Lord. We've come to meet you and eat your 
our bread, Lord. And so I ask right now, would you feed us? Would you anoint this time? Oh, would you come, Lord, and charge, awaken, awaken us as a people, Lord, to look more like you. And I just pray these things for your sake, Jesus, that you would receive reward tonight that you would receive reward tonight. And I thank you, God, that you are lifting, you are elevating, and you are charging us with the spirit of your son. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo. I didn't mean for you to say it louder the second time. I was just in it. In Jesus' name. <laughs> so before we read Acts 3, I, I want to just tell you what redeem means. And tonight we actually sang about it. Justin's talking about it with the blood. And to redeem means to buy something back, to rescue, to recover ownership, to deliver, to liberate, to free from captivity, to liberate from slavery, to make payment, to recover from the power of another to make every opportunity for good and to gain time. This sounds like Jesus. So let's read in Acts 3, verse 1. I'm going to read a, a chunk of it. And I feel like last week when Jordan read Acts 2, he kind of set us up for, for this. And so Acts 1, or Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now imagine being there. I'm gonna keep reading, but imagine being there. And he took him by the right hand, which took some faith, lifted him off, uh, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, as the lame man who has, was healed held on, so picture this, he's holding on to Peter and John. His leg is, I don't know what, but all the people ran to the temple or ran to the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he, resp he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified this servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go, but you denied the Holy One and the just, asking for a murderer to be granted and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you now see and know. 
Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. There is a crescendo that happened. All of Israel is waiting for a redeemer. They're waiting for the promised Messiah. Jesus died, seemingly held by, by death, was risen from the dead, appeared, then he raised up into heaven. He said, listen, wait into Jerusalem and I'm gonna, I'm gonna clothe you with power. And then they're clothed with power, which is what Jordan preached on last week. It's what we received last week. We're clothed with power for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of redeeming. And then this is what we see. They walk into the temple. They walk toward the temple, walk through the gate. Flesh and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. And we see a miracle. It's the first miracle after Pentecost. And I want to tell you that this is heaven. This is heaven in breaking earth. And how did they end up here in this place? And I want to rewind. I want to rewind and just just paint this beautiful picture of the gospel. And redemption started before the foundation of the world, before the Lord spoke the cosmos into existence, redemption was already a plan. Before the foundation of the world, God, Abba Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are talking. They're in this, what we call this holy huddle of perfect love. And they say, let's share this with mankind. They create man. They're talking about creating mankind. And they say, you know what? It's going to go sideways, but we're going to choose a redeemer. And Jesus, you're it. And Holy Spirit, you're gonna energize this once Jesus is risen from the dead. And they have this plan of redemption set in motion before Genesis 1. And what's so amazing is we see the creation of the earth, we see the fall of man, and then we read in Genesis 3, it's the first whisper of redemption. On the heels of God, his broken heart saying, what have you done after the fall? We read Genesis 3. And Genesis 3 announces the first blueprint of redemption. And it says, this is God speaking to the enemy. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, but, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, sometimes we think of like a bruise as like something that will heal, right? But if you look up, if you do a deep dive in this world, in this word, to bruise means to crush, to break, or to grind. And to give you a visual image, when Moses went up to the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, while Aaron and the Israelites are fashioning the golden calf, and he comes off the mountain and he's so angry at seeing this golden calf, he takes it, Moses takes it, throws it in the fire, and grinds it to a fine powder and makes them drink it. That grinding to a fine powder means to bruise. So think about it. Yahweh himself is saying, okay, the fall happened, but guess what? This seed, capital S, Jesus, is going to crush, grind to a fine powder your head, meaning you will not recover. And this is the first drop of redemption. And we see that God in his wonderful mercy after the greatest sin, 
says, no, it's okay, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And all through the Old Testament, we see redemption. It's the scarlet thread from Genesis to the book of John, or to, to Jesus coming onto the scene, all the prophets, all the plans of redemption, every name change. There's so many types and shadows of, of God redeeming. He's come to redeem. And side note, every time you read the word salvation in the Old Testament, it actually means Yeshua in Hebrew. So you can see this scarlet thread. The Lord's like, I've not left you. I'm coming to redeem you. I'm coming to redeem you. Then the Redeemer comes on the scene. Thousands and thousands of years later, and his name is Jehovah, Jesus, the God of salvation. And I want to tell you that he came to be the new covenant. And I wrote this down. When Jesus turned 30, I don't know how he got the memo, but he must have heard from the Lord that said, it's time. It's time. Because he came out and went to the edge of the Jordan, the Jordan River. He was baptized. And guess what we see? Another holy huddle. We hear the voice of Abba saying, this is my son. We see the Holy Spirit coming in bodily form, just in case, so we don't wonder, on Jesus. And this magnifying of the Son of Man has come, and all of heaven is leaning, and all of earth is seeing that it's about to go down. Redemption has come. And have you ever wondered why the Holy Spirit led Jesus from the baptism to the wilderness? Many of us, we think, yes, it's how we get to overcome temptation, which is true. But what if the Lord, what if the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to remind the enemy that it was on? That he's about to bruise, a.k.a. crush your head. Right? So he, he's led by the Spirit of God because he's about to remind everyone who's ever read the Torah, it's time. Redemption is here. That scarlet th thread that's been written, the plan that's been made before the foundation of the world, I'm here. I'm here. And he comes out of the desert in what? You guys need to read your Bible. Power. Power. Why? He had been fasting. He had been tempted. How did he come out with power? He is making the declaration, I am here to redeem. For this purpose, the Son of Man has been made manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. And this is Jesus coming out of the desert. And you know what it says? The devil fled him. That word fled means slunk away. I'm giving you some graphic word images. And then he leaves the desert, and this is my favorite part. This is where the gospel, this is where the God, do you know that the word gospel means too good to be true? It's like manna. When manna came, they're like, what is it? What is it? We don't know what it is, so we're just going to name this bread falling from the sky. What is it? Which is called manna. That's actually the same as the gospel. They're like, how do we make a name, a word for too good to be true? Well, let's call it the gospel. <laughs> That's why you don't see it anywhere else. So the gospel, Jesus leaves the desert. He walks into the synagogue. He's, do, he's doing his reading. They hand him the scroll of Isaiah. He reads the scroll of Isaiah. Now listen, I want you to listen to this prophetically because the Lord is going to do this tonight. And we don't have to wait until the end. He can do it right now. He grabs, he grabs the scroll of Isaiah 61 and he says, 
the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I wonder how many in here need that. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, which is a word for bruise, bruised. I would wonder who would need to be liberated from bruising oppression and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And they say in the synagogues, there were two chairs, one for the person who read the scroll. And they say that there was a second chair called the chair of the Messiah. And it was forever empty. No one ever sat in this chair. Jesus read the scroll of Isaiah, or Isaiah 61, saying all those things. And they say he sat down. And that's why everyone marveled. And they stared at him and he said the most glorious words. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine? That is good news. Thank you. That is such good news. Today, from that point forward, Jesus being the redeemer was set in motion. All of the plan before the foundation of the world came to a crescendo. Jesus sat down. He's like, I have come to redeem. That that the enemy has stolen, that which mankind has turned away from for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And he's like, I'm here to make things right. The number one thing he wanted was connection, connection with people. And everything that was in the way, he was about to come with his holy weed whacker, machete, and just clear the way so that we could be made one and we could be restored back to relationship. This is glorious. Jesus came to redeem all, all. All, not part, all. He came to redeem, redeem spirit, soul, and body. He came to redeem uh, relationships and finances and health things. And he came to redeem the land. He came to redeem death. Death. Does anybody need redemption in here? He came to redeem the earth. He brought, Jesus brought, an inbreaking of a new kingdom, an announcement, a herald that this world and the God of this world do not have the final word. But in fact, there is another who has a final word, Jesus and his blood. And right there, Jesus brought an entirely new reality and dominion, one that is defined by redemption, the restoration of God's will. Every miracle, every sign, every wonder, every word that came out of his mouth was threaded catalyzed by redemption and unto redemption. So it was like this holy, holy provocation. Jesus is like, I've come for one thing, to redeem. And everything I do is an inbreaking of redemption, an inbreaking of heaven, an inbreaking of what's to come, an inbreaking of his prayer to the Father that said, on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus in motion. Oh. Jesus. He came to heal the whole person. I get fascinated by this. You think about the leper that came to Jesus, not the, not the 10, but the one. How did he heal him? He touched him. So not only did he liberate him from his physical infirmity, but he did the thing that he had probably hadn't 
hadn't uh, experienced in however long he had had leprosy, he touched him. He brought healing right here and healing to his body. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, all her money was spent. She's, she's relegated to the red tent saying, unclean, unclean, touches and power flows out of him. He said, who touched me? She has her head down. She's ashamed. And he looks at her. Imagine this. And he, he makes this statement, daughter, which is a statement of belonging, of ownership, family, daughter, be of good cheer, an impartation of courage, an impartation of joy. I wonder who in here needs that impartation of courage and joy after years and years and years and years and years of doing all that you know to do. And he said, your faith has made you well. Can you imagine what that looked like for her? The blind man, anytime somebody was blind, a Jew would just, they would be reminded that they were cursed because they would hear spit, spit, spit. People would spit anytime they heard a blind man to remind them that they were cursed. So how did Jesus hear both the testimonies of the blind man? Spit, have you ever wondered why? I mean, he could have just said, be healed but he took the very thing that had stolen, killed, and destroyed to bring redemption and healing. And they, they get triggered probably, oh my, and he's like, no, 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 boom, boom, go, wash, go, you're healed. Because he could have just said the word, but because Jesus is about redemption, spirit, soul, and body, everything he does, there's no mistake, there's no, he doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss anything. Oh, this, I am, thank you, Lord. I have so many testimonies too. I might rain some testimonies in here just to water the word, but Jesus went to destroy the works of the devil. It says in 1 John 3 that he was, that the son of man was, the purpose of the son of man was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Every act of deliverance was to liberate and bring people into freedom. Who needs to be in their right mind? There's stories of deliverance in the, in the word that talk about they were delivered and then they were in their right mind. I feel like that's, some, that's for someone in here. That it's time that the Lord Jesus come and by his blood would redeem and liberate us to be in our right minds. You've got restoration of finances. He came to redeem Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was convicted, he restored fourfold everything that he had stolen. And then the last line when Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus, he said this, the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. This is people, this is finances, this is things. And I'm just gonna prophesy for a second. I um, had this notebook that I lost that was really meaningful to me, really meaningful. And I never write my name in my notebook. I wrote it. And I bought this notebook for this specific time and I, I lost it this, this summer. And the Lord, I just kept saying, Lord, your anointing is on. It's seeking and saving that which is lost. Just bring to my remembrance, bring to my remembrance where it is. And just a month ago, I was driving to church and the Lord, this was three months later, the Lord said, you're going to find your notebook. And then three days later, I get a picture from Jason. He's like, hey, is this your notebook? 
and the Lord had told me when I was driving to church, he said, you're going to find your notebook, and when you do, it's, there's going to be a sign that comes on the earth that unusual things that have been lost are going to be found. So I'm releasing that. If you have things that have been lost, we need a vision for fullness, don't we? Because Jesus cares about it all. Children, prodigal children, children that have been lost. His anointing is on that. His anointing is on that. He brought restoration and redemption to humanity. Look at Paul, look at Peter. When I got born again, I had been a rebel rouser for a good 24 years prior. And after I got born again, the Lord had me call every single person that I had wronged and humble myself. And it was the most humiliating thing I've ever done and yet the most redemptive thing I've ever done. And he had me apologize to every single person. And it was extremely difficult. I was like a week saved, two weeks saved. And I feel like actually as I'm saying this, there are some of you that need to do that. There are some of you that need to make calls and make things right and humble yourselves and ask for forgiveness. And you can feel by the spirit of God that that's you. So don't do it now, but maybe right as soon as you leave, do it. And so this was just, a, this was probably three or four years ago. I was writing down all the things the Lord had redeemed. I've been healed from asthma. It was miraculous. It was so wonderful. I learned about Jesus as a healer and I went from complete, I went from steroids and all these inhalers to being able to breathe freely. And, and so I started learning about Jesus. So Jesus, the Lord said, I want you to just journal everything that you've, that you've been redeemed from. So I just started journaling. I'm like, man, Lord. And then he said, I want you to journal everything that I've brought redemption to the things that you messed up. And so I started writing and I'm like, wow, Lord, you have redeemed all these things where I caused a mess. And in his mercy and in his kindness, and there was one name, one name that I've never, I was never able to experience redemption. And this person was like my second mother. And uh, something happened our senior year that was just bad and all, all sorts of bad, the definition and uh, she had told me that I'm never welcome. She would call the cops if I, when I came to try to make redemption. Years later, like many years later, five years later, six years later. And uh, so I just had a thought. This was a Monday. I was journaling. And I just had this thought. I didn't even pray it. I said, man, I wonder when I'm going to see her again. And I hadn't seen her for over 20 years. Didn't live in the same area. Thursday, we're flying to Hawaii and I get up and use the restroom and I hear Megan and I'm walking back to my seat and I look and there she is, the woman's name, three days after I journaled. And not only that, it gets better, the only empty seat in the entire plane was the one between her and her husband. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what? So I sit down between them for two hours, I cry my head off and I'm like, forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? I met Jesus, I got to witness to her about Jesus. And the Lord brought redemption in the middle of an airplane from a woman who lived like days away from me. Yeah, and months later, my parents are in a different state, they run into another couple, 
And they, they, that couple had just been with the family, the, the couple that I had just asked for forgiveness. And by the way, she was dumbfounded. Like, why would you, why would you ask for forgiveness? I'm like, I met Jesus. Like, I, yeah, I know I was a complete idiot, but I met Jesus. Forgive me, forgive me. So this couple, this couple had been with a couple that I had talked about and asked for forgiveness. This couple who was with my parents, they said, man, I heard Megan met with this couple. And we just have to say, by her own mouth, she said she is a new woman. Because you want to know what happened? She was released into forgiveness. The tormentors were not able to grab a hold of her, and she was a new person. And I got this picture. So follow me. I'm going to come back. But I got this picture when I was walking and praying yesterday that there are some of us that have like log jams in our hearts where the the redemption of God wants to flow, but there's log jams. And behind these log jams are, are people that we have not forgiven. Log jams behind fear and disappointment to to believe again. And the Lord is saying, can I come and break through those log jams? Would you come and release that person to forgiveness so that your own redemption can flow? And theirs too. The Lord comes to redeem. And then, oh my gosh, there's just so much. This is like a Pacific Ocean of God's goodness. (laughs) The Lord came to redeem death. And my, my favorite, I'm not going to tell the testimony tonight, but when I met God, I was not looking. I was not seeking. I was very lost, and I heard the audible voice of God, and he pulled me out of the miry pit, and I knew redemption in a moment. I knew redemption from a lifestyle of drugs, alcohol, wild living. He redeemed me in an instant. And th- this, is a, this, is, this testimony is true. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says that, behold, we are a new creation and all things have been made new. The Lord is able to do that when we call on his name. He came to redeem time. He asks us to redeem time. So we live our days and we live our days and I often ask myself, looking back on the week, Lord, was I an instrument of redeeming your time? Did I help redeem your time? Did I help redeem the time? Did I help redeem the people that brought, you brought in front of me? Was I, was I obedient to redeem the time? Am I redeeming the time in my own life? And there's a whole gamut of questions that I would challenge us to ask, but this redeeming time is a thing. 15 years, I believed, for a child. 15 years of intercession and honestly a lot of grief. And the Lord you know what? It was, the same, it was the same trip where I saw that woman. On the end of that trip, the Lord redeemed a 15-year promise to me. And listen, 15 years of agony lifted off of me. Lifted where I would actually do it again. This is how the Lord redeems time. He's breathing life. He's not even in time, but he can breathe life and expand time. And there's even testimonies of simply bringing your your planner before God and saying, Lord, would you redeem this this week? And watch the Lord breathe on that. I, we ran a business for years and month end would take me three full days and I started learning redeeming time about seven years ago. I'm like, Lord, you wanna redeem this time. And what took three days ended up taking a day and a half so that I could give more to the Lord. I'm late, Lord, redeem the time so I don't have to drive 90 to get there. He does it. 
then sometimes, sometimes he's like, no, just leave earlier. <laughs> and let me get to the good part. Jesus, the resurrection. This is the exclamation point of redemption. Are you guys still with me? Okay. Every single step that Jesus took toward the cross had redemption in mind. Listen to this. It was laced, laced. He became the curse so we didn't have to. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver. That was equivalent to the price of a slave's death in the Old Testament. Did you know that? 30 pieces of silver for a slave's death. Jesus was given for 30 pieces of silver so that we could know redemption. He was a slave so that we could be free. He was striped so that we could be healed. He was pierced so the church could be birthed. The crown of thorns was put, was put on his head so that we could be made like him. The purple robe was put on him as a mocking symbol so that we could be a royal priesthood. Everything he did had redemption in mind. Everything he did was calculated so that we would know that we have this exchange and then the glory, death itself came under the power of Jesus Christ, death itself. And resurrection is the exclamation point. Not even the veil or the rocks could, could hold still. They were responding to the redemption of God. And then we bring ourselves to Acts 3. Were you wondering when we were gonna get there? Jesus is raised from the dead. He said, listen, don't go anywhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send another helper to you. That comes there and dude with power and then guess who gets the mandate for redemption? We do. We do. We get this glorious, glorious invitation to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. We, oh, we've been given this mandate to be the good news, this ministry of reconciliation. And listen, the Lord is removing log jams. Log jams. I can't believe anymore. I've believed for too long. My life is just gonna be like this forever. How could I believe again? It's too painful, it's too hard. But what if, what if he's asking us to persevere? What if he's asking us to lean in? Listen, I am in redemption as we speak, or I'm choosing to believe that God will redeem all things. He will redeem all things. So it's not easy, but it's always worth it. And I look at the cross and I'm like, for the sake of Jesus, I will bring, I will believe for redemption. I will not allow the circumstances of this earth to dictate how small I live. I will, I will press in, I will press up to the upward call of Christ Jesus. And I will, I will actually step into the mandate that it would be right here as it is in heaven right here in my workplace, in my family, in my life, in this church, in this city as it is in heaven. We've been given this ministry of redemption. And I'm telling you, this is Luke 4. Imagine the Lord himself coming right now and saying, this is you. The spirit of the Lord is on you to preach the good news, to set, the, set at liberty the captives, to open the blind eyes, to heal the brokenhearted, to liberate those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on. As my son would say, come on. We, <laughs> fire of God, we need, a, we need a vision of fullness. 
This is such a silly testimony, but a couple weeks ago, my son saw another two-year-old hopping on one leg, and he goes, whoa! He had never seen it before, and after that point, he made it his mission to jump on his leg. Why? Because he saw something he had never seen before, and he had to do that. That's what, that's what feasting on the book of Acts does. That's what feasting on revivals does. It says, you know what? I'm not experiencing what they knew, and we have to. We have to bring about redemption. We have to know what it's like that the glory of God is so provocative that people are driving from the street, and they come in, and they, kids are playing hide-and-seek in the glory of God. That's a real story. They provoke me to want more. They provoke me to say, Lord, I have to see this, and I'm telling you two things. It's time to arise, church. It's time to awaken. It's time to be and embody the Luke 4 that we will be ministers of redemption. That when we, when we see an injustice, when we see the enemy stealing, when we see the locust is, is eating away all these things, that we are filled with a holy provocation that says, no, I know that my Redeemer lives and I will, I will press in, I will pray and I will be a minister of redemption. I will believe, I will believe, even though everything looks this way, I'm gonna believe that God is true, that his blood actually does speak a better word. And I'm telling you, we gotta get gripped with it would be here as it is in heaven. We have to get gripped. Behold, I give you all authority to trample over the works of the enemy. That's what what Jesus said. Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. What would it look like if we walked in this? This book of Acts, this this chapter is an invitation for us all. What would it look like? And I'm telling you, the enemy wants us to play small. He wants us to stay hidden. He wants us to stay in defeat. He wants us to stay in unbelief. He wants us to stay in these places where this is all that, this is, all that is. And the spirit of the Lord, right, right now, he's energizing us right now with a greater reality, a vision of fullness, a vision of fullness. What could it look like? What could redemption look like? What could redemption look like in my own life? I wasn't, I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm going to probably, well, no, because we're not offended anymore. Come on. You got to put it into action. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. And let's look at the bottom of the sacred cow for a second. This, the, the religious thought says... If God wills it, it will automatically happen. He works sovereignly, a thousand percent yes. Like when I didn't even pray and he sent the woman on the plane and there she is. I didn't even pray for that. And yet, can I tell you that God is actually waiting for people to partner with him in prayer, partner with him to be his minister. He could come and just do it all himself, but he's not going to. He needs us. He needs us to energize his plan of redemption through intercession, through prayer, through pressing in, through believing and believing and believing and believing again and not stopping believing and not growing weary and doing good. He needs us to partner with him. It will not just happen. That's why it hasn't. They say that that there's a, a quote. Who's it by? It's... Somebody will know this, that the reason why, why revival hasn't happened is because we're satisfied without it. 
Why wouldn't God just do it? He's looking for a people who's saying, I'll go, I'll do it, I'll, be, I'll believe. And you know what? We might be crazy, yes, but why not get out of the boat and potentially walk and stay in the boat our whole life? So he's asking us, he's asking us, he's saying, will you embody Luke 4? I'm, I feel like I'm saying the same thing. So, sorry if this feels like a... <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, let's see. Okay, Lord, my goal tonight was to really lean in to be led by the Spirit of God. (laughs) I want us to um, stand, actually. And Jordan, can you come up here and and play some keys? Right now, as you're standing, I want you to ask God for a vision of fullness, meaning... What could redemption look like where you put your feet? What could redemption look like? What would it look like if the Lord found faith in you to believe and believe and press in? And I just pray right now Spirit of God, would you come energize the will of God, the will of God, Lord, that we would be provoked, provoked, Lord, provoked to our core, that you would give us a groan to see your will accomplished in this place, in this city, in our lives, Lord, that we could go and meet you face to face and hear, and hear. The Lord doesn't just wanna redeem, he wants to to give us more than we could ever ask or imagine. He He doesn't just restore things back to the way they were, he actually takes it and makes it better. It's like the leper, he thought he was coming just to get healed in his skin and yet the Lord touched him and he made it even better. The blind man who who needed his eyes open, the Lord used the thing that would curse him to bring liberation and like, it was better. It was better. So then the Lord is wanting, the Lord is wanting to redeem tonight. And I, Lord, would you just come? Would you come, Lord? talk about redemption without inviting some of you are addicted some of you are bound some of you don't know where you would go if you were to breathe your last breath and I'm telling you the blood of Jesus brings redemption now is the day of salvation it says now now And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, which is the ultimate redemption, the Spirit of God is drawing you to himself. And the Lord, this is why he came. He came to seek and save those who were lost. And without Jesus, we are lost. 
We are under the sway of the evil one, the word says. We are bound. We are bound. And Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to set the captives free. And I want to invite anyone in here today who would say, I don't know Jesus as Redeemer. I've never called on him as the Lord. And I wanna invite anyone who would say, I wanna make now the day of salvation. I wanna make Jesus my Lord now. I want you just to slip up your hand if that's you. If that's you, if there's anyone in this room that's never said yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm giving you this invitation and it's an open invitation. If you need to commit your life to Jesus, we're gonna be praying at the front, but before we, before we break, there are people in here who are bruised, bruised, bruised. I sense that the enemy has come and just with like repeated blows in the same area, repeated blows. And the Lord is coming to liberate. He's coming to redeem. He's coming to restore. He's coming to rewrite and rearrange and reroute the evil one. And so I'm gonna... I'm gonna, I I just feel by the spirit of God a few things and if this is you, just respond. We had some words of knowledge that my team and I were praying throughout this week and I want you just to just raise your hands and receive from God, he's in this place and he's wanting to redeem. And listen, if there's a word of knowledge or if there isn't a word of knowledge, the Lord still wants to redeem. we sense that there was an older woman with low back pain who's been plagued by low back pain. And again, if if you have low back pain and you're not an older woman, the Lord is coming to redeem. But specifically, if you're that person, I want you to receive from your redeemer. There's someone in here with hips out of place since birth or since giving birth that the Lord is wanting to redeem. Thank you, Jesus. There's someone who's been traumatized as a kid by a relative from an image they saw at Halloween and it keeps popping up in your mind, keeps popping up in your dreams. The Lord is coming to redeem. There's someone in here who was hurt on the job. And the Lord is coming to restore lost time, lost wages, lost function of body parts. Who is that? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's mindsets that the Lord is redeeming related to financial poverty, the spirit of lack, dysfunction that leads to family disunity and 
perpetual brokenness that leads to crisis and pain over and over. The Lord is coming, touching, touching, touching. He's touching. The Lord is, his anointing is on the prayers for the prodigals. Those who have fallen away, those who have walked away, those who are thick in the world, thick into drugs, thick into all the things of this earth, thick into false religions. The Lord is on the the prayers. The Lord is on those people. Lord, right now I ask that you would you would initiate phone calls and text messages from family members who have not been heard from in in some in some time lord that you would you would right now draw them to yourself wherever they are and i just declare liberty you're setting at liberty those who are in bondage right now by the the power of jesus there's already been two testimonies of sons that were over 30 years old who have come home to god So I'm releasing hope. And for you right now, you, yes, you, the one who can't believe anymore, who just can't, who can't just give themselves to hope. I am saying right now, daughter, son, be of good cheer, be of courage. Let the spirit of God infuse you with courage and hope to to believe again. And I just, this one's personal but I feel by the spirit that those of you who are believing for babies, that there would be the blood of Jesus would come and redeem all that's been lost. Those who have been trying to have children right now, the blood of Jesus to open, open and make a way where there's no way. We call those things that are dead to life right now by the Spirit of God. Children will be our portion. And I say right now, I personally am plundering the kingdom of hell. That no more loss would be found in our midst. No more loss. No more loss. That these children are bought and purchased and protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you have... If you have kids in Alpha Generation, which is 12 and under, I want you to raise your hands. I'm going to pray right now. Lord, I just thank you for these families, God. I pray right now for the anointing of the Lord to be upon these moms and dads, Lord, that you would come and you would energize these children, Lord, to be fearless, to be protected by you, Lord, to be heralds of King Jesus, Yahweh. Right now, I ask for a special anointing on these families, Lord, and ones who have babies to come right now, Spirit of God. Come and hit, come and hit, come and hit, come and fill, come and renew, come and make new, come and rewrite even body parts that that, that, that have been, they've been told that these body parts don't function. And right now, by your spirit, you're bringing things into function that haven't functioned, that there's going to be alignment by the spirit of God. And I just prophesy that there will be no more loss, no more loss, no more loss by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of the lamb, Lord, I ask right now right now that your spirit would come your spirit would come and energize our children lord energize our children lord ho someone is being reminded that they need to make things right with their sister that there's been 
there's been a, a real wrongdoing, but it's time to make amends. It's time to make amends. It's time, it's time. The Lord is saying, be of good cheer. I will give you courage. Is there anyone named Russell in here? <laughs> okay, come talk to me later. Not your middle name, your first name, Russell. All right. Oh, I just want you to close your eyes and we all need redemption. All of us. All of us need God as the redeemer. And listen, the thing about Hebrew culture is their name isn't just like a name. It's all, it's who they are. It's their personhood. So when Jesus, when the soldiers came to Jesus and they said, are you Jesus Christ of Nazareth? And he said, I am. And they all flew back. It's because his name is filled with power. His name is filled with an otherworldly inbreaking of the kingdom. And right now, if you need redemption, I want you to lift your hands. And if I didn't, we didn't say a word of knowledge and you still need it, the Lord is still redeeming. And so Lord, you see every hand right now that's up, every hand, every hand. And I just declare right now that redemption is here. Redemption is here. The healing of spirit, soul, body, finances, lost relationship, lost time, lost things. You are coming to restore the hearts of sons to their fathers and the fathers to their sons, fathers to their daughters, mothers to their sons. And likewise, you are coming to bring renewal, redemption. And I'm gonna invite my ministry team up and if you feel the presence of God and you, you need a miracle or you need a breakthrough in your body, I want you to come forward and we're gonna continue our ministry. But I just wanna charge us all to go and be ministers of redemption. Go and preach the gospel, the good news. Be a liberator. And so Lord, I just pray right now that you would pour out your spirit on us all. Pour out your spirit on us all. I just pray a blessing, a blessing, a blessing. And we had, we had felt um, that elementary kids were gonna get touched by the spirit of God. So if you have elementary kids and you wanna bring them back in here, we're gonna be here for about a little bit longer. And we'd love to pray that your elementary kids would experience the Lord. And so we're gonna do kind of a soft close tonight. But again, if you need God as a redeemer, please come and come forward and have someone agree with you. And I just bless you guys to go. And I ask that if you do stay to keep your conversations just maybe out in the lobby so that we can really steward what the Lord is doing. And so be blessed tonight.